The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Megagoria. And you're listening to Medjinomics broadcasting from the Radio Wave studio at Caritas of Birmingham in Alabama. Want to take a moment just to thank everyone for the prayers and the well wishes that you have offered on behalf of a friend of Megagoria. If you have not read the critical update, you can go to medj.com and read the critical update about our founder, a friend of Megagoria. For those of you that are sending notes and are sending your well wishes, we are printing these off and giving them to him to read. Many of you have called, have left messages, have left messages on the website. We just want to let you know that we are printing them off and passing them on. So again, want to tell you of our gratitude for all of your prayers for our founder. Today, again, we're going to go back to one of the first Meganomics. Again, this is from February the 4th, 2000. And 10, when we do these kinds of things and we present these older broadcasts, as we mentioned before, these are a lot of the formative teachings where a friend of Medjugorje first began to speak to people on a more broader scale, on a more worldwide scale, about a lot of the things that he personally lived through in his own life, particularly with regards to money and economics. 
When you look at Caritas of Birmingham today, you can be fooled by the appearance of what you're seeing. It has the appearance that we are very, very wealthy, and we do have a lot of wealth, but we're not cash rich. It doesn't have the appearance of that when you come to Caritas today. What we want to point out with this is that what you're seeing here is you're seeing 20, 30, 40, and going on now 50 years of decisions that a friend of Medjugorje made in his personal life, how he built his home, how he built his business, and walked away from that business and built Caritas. You're seeing the fruit of that today. And in today's broadcast, a friend of Medjugorje will share some more of these principles that did lead to what you are seeing today. He speaks about everything is tied to money. Well, this broadcast, he says the very same thing. As a matter of fact, he says exactly those words. And also, he reveals something in the broadcast today that if you have read the book, it ain't going to happen, you would understand it. But this is the first time that he brought up a certain revelation that was pretty amazing and that was directly tied to the Medjugorje apparitions. So here is a friend of Medjugorje, February the 4th, 2010. U.S. Constitution is 60% biblically based, and 90% of it can be rooted back indirectly to Scripture. In other words, they live biblically. It was a, a biblical society, a Christian nation, without doubt. People need to be educated in this because they've not been educated in that way, and they no longer know these things. The point I want to raise real clearly, why did they say the death penalty for debasing money, and then Lyndon Johnson changed it? Who was right and who was wrong? What's the fruit of living underneath that standard before he did this and our economic situation? And what's the fruit of our economic situation now by debasing it? In other words, one was with Scripture or in tune with those ethical principles of Christianity, and one was not. And you know the tree by the fruit that is produced. And what's happened since that time? Yes, we have much material goods. We have a, a consumerism that is identified as evil spirit that really launched off at that time because we're coming out of the 50s and blenders and everything being invented. And so we can easily identify as Christians, what was that better time, a dollar a day, feed your family, or today, $500 a day, two incomes, and not be able to feed your family and always struggling and being in anxiety. Our Lady didn't say to read Matthew 6 and these verses without some things she's trying to point to. There's been a tree growing, very, very bad in its fruit. So to bring this down to the common man, the working man, and even the man that's out there, a businessman, a corporate owner, bring it down to a term of how does it apply to me individually. Everyone out there in the economic system is, this system is, is really a system, what I already said, June 25th, 1989. Satan has special plans to enslave you through materialism. Materialism is brought through purchase. So these purchases today, all the way down to a sofa, is financed. And now even sofas or couches, you can see for people who least can afford it, you don't have to pay any payment until next year. But you'll see advertisements like this. As I was saying, my dad used to, who's racing a coal mine camp, and many of the older people know this, but the younger don't, but the coal mine would put a store, because obviously when the coal miners got off their long hours of work, they had to go to the store. The store was owned by the company. And the saying was, the company store owns your soul, because they pay stuff at a higher price, and basically the guy rigged were, all your wages goes back to the company store. So the company pays you, then you pay the store, and it's just this vicious circle of poverty that you're locked into. And so our lady said this, Satan has special plans to save you to materialism. You go borrow the money, 
you never are able to get ahead and you stay in debt. The way to get out of this, how do, how do we get out of this? How do you escape that? There's only one way, and now there's new regulations coming up to, to choke us down when we want to do a project, so even if you can pay for it, there's things blocking us now. There's a convergence of evil. I just read this morning of a report of the Pentagon opening up the military to abomination, total abomination, sickening. But the word they used, or what I read this morning, was fiat. They gave a fiat yes to this. They're, they're violating the law. Just like violating the law of changing and debasing currency unconstitutionally. This is not unconstitutional, and yet nobody's objecting to this. But it's incredible. What has that got to do with money? It's the convergence of evil on everything. And everything is tied to money. So even this has some connection. And so how do you escape from this? We'll read one testimony that shows that enforces this, and it's get out of debt. So all these things may be unrelated. What is this on measure notes for? It's all to give you and inspire you to realize you've got to get out of debt if you've got to live in a tent. Get out of debt and slowly build a little a hut, and from a hut build a little house. It can be done. The debt thing is the slavery. It's the change that you shock yourself with, and you'll never be able to do anything while you're in debt. And even if you're comfortable, the system's coming down, and that little liability you may have can pull down everything else you have if it's devalued. Uh, I was reading about housing right now that actually this was on a preacher was preaching about it, about the morality of this is wrong, that you have people doing what they call strategic foreclosure. In other words, you just walk away because your house that you bought was $300,000 is now only worth $75,000, and you just walk away from it. He was saying, Marley, you can't do that. You've got to fulfill your obligations. There's ways that they're offering now, short closings on the house, but still. So your liability, where you had assets and you have something, you have deficits and you have debt because of that, because it deflated, so you still have the liability. Many people could be uncomfortable out there. And you don't know what your house is going to value. In fact, people were wrong and in sin without realizing it, a sin of ignorance. And buying their house and then build assets to go buy another house. Maybe a house is that way, but a home's not. My home, when I built it, was my home. I called it a live-and-die home. When I was in business, I told people, is this a live-and-die house? They'd ask me, what are you talking about? I said, in other words, did you build this house to die here? No. Well, then don't do this much upgrade to it. But I was amazed at this. I was amazed at talking to a 60-year-old, just built a house, put it there. Where are you going to die? Well, we don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You just got a place you stay. That's not what that is about. There's people out there that say, they don't say where you live. They say, well, you stay. Because you might stay there tomorrow, and tomorrow you might not stay there later. This is absurd. Where is the proper mentality? Where is the biblical principle of putting your roots down, finding a place? Well, I don't know my job, my transfers. But because you've participated into a system that has enslaved you. But if you got loose from that, you wouldn't be in a position where it's going to force you to go here or go there. You'd build up a little bit, and you say, okay, I find a high-paying job in Michigan. Because the unions, which is all going down the tubes now. But why not have more, making less, by paying as you go, have a house pay for, a little plot of land, whatever, and have the richness of life? Who's better off? Somebody trying just to make more to have more? Or somebody's got everything paid for, and they sleep good and have no anxiety at night? All this is, again, philosophy you need to start basing your decision on. And to get free from this system that Satan's building, and what's 
the currency being debased to mean nothing to change. Joan, just read this one testimony. It shows you this, that people waking up to realize what they have to do. We don't have and never will have credit cards ever again. Why, you might ask. At least a lot of our family and friends do. Because we have found security and trust in God for the provision of all our needs. We have learned that getting a hold on your attitude is the number one factor in being victorious over your finances. We now tell the money where to go instead of it guiding us around and making us slaves to others, such as student loans and credit card companies. In gaining a newfound respect and understanding of what we have been given, we have come to acknowledge and take responsibility for the money God has blessed us with. We had to face our debt and our desires and become better stewards of our possessions and income. We don't have to have a false sense of security in our credit cards anymore. We've been good stewards and have real security because of our habits and perseverance. Sacrifice has had its place in our budgeting wants and desires, but it is completely worth it. We remind ourselves that delaying a purchase doesn't mean we will never have it. Trusting God, timing, patience, and preparation are everything, though, when it comes to gaining financial peace. And this is a testimony of actually, you, he's made a point in there that doesn't mean, because we can't get it now, doesn't mean we can't have it. In fact, you'll get those things quicker by not borrowing. I know this reminds me of when we were building our house for eight years, and I live in that house. We built it like we wanted to. And when we got within a couple of years of finishing, or actually within a year of finishing, although we thought it was still two, three more years, I bought heavy pieces of equipment. I bought several heavy pieces of equipment. And one of our friends actually told my wife, you should divorce him for doing that, not getting you in this house. And so I say in my philosophy was like Thomas say, you know, many a fine barn built a fine house. I knew that fine barn was the business and the equipment. And we actually made enough money in the next six months to finish the house within 12 months when it was at least three years away by buying this piece of equipment. So by not borrowing and buying the proper things and those things that helped you, or can help me in that situation, I advanced my ability to do what I did much quicker. So you don't, you retard yourself by meeting self-gratification and immediate gratification. You hurt yourself. Delayed gratification, you end up with more. And we've talked about a study done about that. You've got a question. This term, fiat, that word has always been the word that dead is associated with Our Lady. You always talk about Our Lady's fiat. And I just think it's interesting that this word is coming up more and more. Our Lady's fiat was her total submission to the will of God and what he was requesting of her. And it seems that as this, I remember you coining this phrase oppositing years ago, where Satan takes something of God and reverses it for his own he, like, steals something from God and, and reverse it for his evil. That this fiat that's being said through this fiat money or this fiat program with the military is this yes to Satan, to Satan's system, or he's, he's taken this. And in particular, it's a strike against Our Lady, it seems to me. This is, this is exactly true. That In fact, you never, never heard the public or read or see the word visionary for the first 10 years at least of Medjugorje. It was not a word that people used. It wasn't out there in a daily basis contact. I've watched words. I've, I've been very sensitive to that because the words, the message of Our Lady. And then suddenly everybody starts using visionary. 
And I remember when I first started hearing it. And it was too mundane, because when you heard visionary, you thought of the six visionaries. Anywhere, whether it be in the news, whether it be on TV, you, this is what you thought of. But now the visionary who's the architect, you won't be able to correct that. But I distinctly remember there was a total absence of that word. It wasn't used. It wasn't that it didn't exist. It just didn't people use it. You see it everywhere now. And it is Satan's plans. Again, that was a friend of Medjugorje, February the 4th, 2010. Did you catch some of the more important points that he made, particularly his words, have more by making less? That's a pretty remarkable concept, speaking about paying as you go. During this point in the broadcast, the friend of Medjugorje shifted gears to talk more about religion and the roles that it plays, but also some of the decisions that he made. And he explains a principle of walking away from certain things. So here's a friend of Medjugorje. You know, Christianity is not a religion of restraint. It's a religion of inspiration which opens up unrestrained paths that you can in numbers. Total unrestrained numbers. And so often religion is seen as, oh, it's strength. I can't do this, I can't do that. You do it, and then you're inspired to what you can't do. You're going to find a hundred things you can do. When we threw out our television, which is what I see far as about, when I wrote that book, our kids were restrained by this system. And while you could say, well, I'm free to do this and watch this, as soon as we got rid of it and rid this out of our life and began prayer, our life became so rich, so very, very rich, and so many things that we could do. And because of that, and this freedom we had, we had incredible, incredible paths that we could follow. It's very important to, to know that. I want to read something that really brings this point much stronger home, because we want our wants. And we're always looking what we can't have, and we're restrained by that, or because of well, our religion. It goes on, it says, I ask God for strength that I might achieve I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything I hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am among men, all men, most richly blessed. That's wealth. How many people envy those who may have things? And really what makes you wealth? And so our lady's trying to get us to do this, to understand this by reading Matthew 6. And do not think it's wasted time to submit yourself to any influence that might bring upon you noble feelings. Our lady's message is that influence. There's nothing else to be involved with. There's no other ministry to be involved with. You say, oh, well, all these good ministries. That's not a question how good they are. But we've got something that's on the front burner. What do you want to be involved in? And what is it saying? I wanted to reveal something about Our Lady and what we've discovered that we didn't know. It's incredible. 
I remember reading years ago about the Jews that they blocked the scriptures, how they wrote it. And every letter would be above another letter, how they wrote it, and blocked it. And you can go sideways, and it would reveal something to them. You can go backwards at, a, at another diagonal angle to these letters, and it would mean something. That they believed everything in scriptures had this kind of thing, whether it be mathematically, the way the sequences worked up. And our lady's got prophetic things. Still in these apparitions, after 28 years, we know she came the first day with that. And we don't even know. We just now discover. So the first time, and, and somebody just brought this to my attention in the community, so I didn't even find it. But as soon as I heard it, I knew that this was thunder to me. It was just said happen chance. But this is huge, huge. Because our lady said on August 5th, 1986, read each Thursday the Gospel of Matthew where it said, no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. On March 1st, 1984, to Yellen, she says, each Thursday, read again the passage of Matthew 6, 24, 34, before the most blessed assignment. And so we have this, that so we're reading this every Thursday. And now, after 28 years, it's revealed to us for the first time. Now, our lady laid something in this, because this is obviously so important, so critical to everything we're doing, and understanding and living by. And look what it says. No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. So she wanted this especially read. That is Matthew six twenty four, six twenty four. What was the first apparition? What was this day? Amazing. Is that not shocking? It's so prophetic. We're living something so prophetic. And I've never read this anywhere. I've never heard it anywhere. It's amazing how come we haven't discovered this. Well, we quit reading the Thursday, Matthew 6, Years ago, two decades ago, they stopped. You know, they began it for a few years, and in Paris used to read it. Nobody reads it now. So here it is. We revive this. Nobody else is doing this. We won't inspire everybody else to do this. And our lady comes and reveals this to us to reveal it to you. This should be an impulse that you spread this to everywhere. Our lady, when you follow her, she'll reveal things that's unforeseen, things that you don't know. And to me, this is a huge, huge earthquake in the Mesoguer movement. This should move through the whole movement from this point forward. And those who understand it will. You follow her, she shows things. I know we talked on our show the other night on the second of the month that somebody said we don't need to comment on a message. Well, then you don't need to know that 624, Matthew 624, especially she says, that's, that's the verse, just the verse 24, says no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That's verse 24. That's chapter 6. That's June 24th. That's a, an amazing thing. So we don't need to comment on that. So you see the narrowness of the mentalities of people out there? We do need to comment. We need to study it. We, our life is the message. We're putting this Thursday show on because we think it's critically important. And now our lady comes and feeds us information to give to you. Again, coming to us from February the 4th, 2010, hearing a friend of Medjugorje speak about people with narrow mentalities. Today... For many people who are walking into Medjugorje, they're walking into Medjugorje with a lot of these teachings already propagated as if they had always been there and spoken out publicly. But a friend of Medjugorje was the first to break these topics open for people to the point where today in 2021, they are more accepted now. 
and this is from him repeatedly speaking about these topics, tearing down mentalities that opposed it, even supporters and people who would walk away from the mission because of things that he would say, only to come back years later realizing that what he was speaking about was right. And today, for many people who joined the Medjugorje world, you're reaping the fruits of a lot of seeds which he sowed many years ago. And so to conclude tonight's broadcast, here again is the friend of Medjugorje, February the 4th, 2010. We just want to end with a thought about the greatest apparitions on earth. And there's three reasons for that. Is Ale is giving apparitions every single day. That's never happened before in church history. Ale secondly said that she would give messages never before in the history of the world. And thirdly, these are the last apparitions on earth. Our lady said that and that's documented. So that puts us in a magnitude of, of something the world's never seen before. And for Our Lady to tell us to read particularly in 624, you cannot serve God and mammon. She actually quoted that verse to a small degree. The fact that that is, and she comes on 624, June and the 24th day, the sixth month, is incredible. And it can leave us speechless. And so we just think of these things and it makes us, it gives us an impulse to go to the message and do what she says. And on behalf of a friend of Mechigoria, Caritas of Birmingham, the community of Caritas, Vivian Pilgrimages, the Caritas Mission House in Mechigoria, Mechigoria.com, and Radio Wave 24 Hours. Good night. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.